When you have lived with prophecy for so long, the moment of revelation is a shock. <laughs> and with that, welcome to Destruction Reviews Podcast. My name is Jason. I'm Jeremiah. And today, we're going to be discussing Dune Part 1, directed by Denis Villeneuve. And it stars a lot of people, and I'm going to kind of break it down because, you know, if you've ever read the book or you just saw the movie... It's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so in House Atreides, you've got Timothée Chalamet as Paul Atreides. You've got Rebecca Ferguson as Lady Jessica, Paul's mom. Oscar Isaac as Duke Leto, the king and ruler of House Atreides. Uh, Josh Brolin as Gurney, who is sort of like the man-at-arms. And you have Jason Momoa as Duncan Idaho, the, the general, I suppose, of, mm -hmm. of the army. Uh, and then you also have House Harkonnen, which I guess is kind of like the bad guys. Uh, and that's Stellan Skarsgård playing Baron Vladimir. Dave Bautista playing Glossu, who is the nephew of the Baron. Charlotte Rampling as the Reverend Mother Moheim, or the Witch Mother. And David Desmalchian as Pieter, uh, the, um, oh, the, the guy he killed. Um, the doctor? Oh, the doctor, yes. Yeah, yeah, doctor. Yeah, the doctor, yeah. yep. And then we also meet a group of people called the Fremen, who uh, are the desert dwellers of this story. And the two main characters from that group uh, is played by Javier Bardem, who plays Stilgar, who is sort of the leader and um, spokesperson of the group, as well as Zendaya, who plays Chani, a woman that is in Timothée's visions throughout this film. Mm. Uh, so, those are kind of your main characters. There are a ton of other people in that film, and um, we're not, we don't have time for that. Uh, but I will ask Jeremiah, we are watching this uh, again because next week Dune Part 2 comes out, mm -hmm. and we just wanted a little refresher to get into this film. So, um, first off, did you like the film? I did like the film. I loved the film. Um, this is actually uh, my second time watching it. Now, the first time I watched it, I kind of skimmed through it a little bit. I didn't pay much as much attention as I, as I would to a movie that I really wanted to see. It was kind of like a hot thing. Everybody was talking about it, so I you know, like turned it on one night. Yeah. But I didn't pay much attention to it, and I could only remember like bits and pieces of it before watching, uh, re-watching it. And uh, it was great, man. It was... That movie is awesome. <laughs> it really is. I, I, I'm, I'm shocked um, that it was so good. Yeah. I really am. I'm shocked. I, I didn't think it was this good. Uh, you know, that's a great, that's a great comment. Um, because I, I would have to agree. So, I was familiar with Dune, you know, growing up in the... You know, growing up in the 90s as a sci-fi kid, you know, I was a big Star Wars kid and, mm -hmm. and, and all that kind of stuff. And I remember people talking about Dune. Dune was big. Um, there was a movie back in the 80s that they did originally that people, you know, mostly didn't like. But mm. it was they were aware of. I was aware of Dune the property. There was a lot of books. There's like right. seven or eight books of Dune. You got one huge book here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> After I saw this film the first time, I went out and I bought the book to read, and um, you know it 
we'll get into what the differences are later, but I just wanted to show Jeremiah um, just how thick, you know, we're talking yes. 900 pages and uh, paperback. Right. And, um, but so I didn't really know anything. Okay. So going into this, I was just like, I'm going to hit play and see what happens. Okay. And I, <laughs> I mean, I was hooked from the first <laughs> scenes when we meet Paul and his mother, uh-huh. you know, all the you know when they come down to the um, uh, Arrakis and um, just everything, right. um, e- you know, I, I I was shocked at how great it was. Like ten out of ten. I mean, like you know, I'm not even gonna let you wait till the end of the film, the end of the show. It's mm-hmm. it's a te- it's a it's a great perfect film. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a whole new world. I love the storytelling. I love the. I just, I loved everything about it, man. And I was like, that's why when I bought the book, I was like, I want to know more. I want to finish this story. I can see where you got that. Because the way that it left, Mm -hmm. it's a big cliffhanger. Yes. Huge cliffhanger. And yeah, I'm just shocked, man, about how good the storytelling was. Um, You know, know, lots of layers. Lots and lots of layers to the storytelling. And it... It was kind of like a um, what can I? What am I? It it was like a uh, it's like a, I like how nuanced it was, you know, um, like certain things like you go like different worlds had certain things, yes, like where they are now, uh, you know, you got to travel in the desert a certain way. Uh, it, it's just crazy, man. It's, it's like like the Fremen have their own way of right. um their their uh their suits are a right. certain way. Right. Um, you know, with the nose piece to redistribute moisture. Mm-hmm. Um, you have uh in in Caladan uh where the Atreides are from, mm-hmm. it's more it's more natural, it's more earthy. Mm-hmm. You know, Harth Harkonnen on the planet. Um. Gaiety Prime, <laughs> which is the industrial, you know, right. the dark, the machines, you know, uh, the empire. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, just I mean, dude, I mean, talk about nuances. I mean, you were uh-huh. you were saying earlier how you love the dragonfly. Uh, yes, the uh, dragonfly helicopters. Uh-huh. So cool, <laughs> man. That is that's dope, dude. The dragonfly helicopters. That's super dope. And even down to like. The sandworms, you know, mm-hmm. whatever you do, don't pound on the ground. Mm-hmm. I mean, just these little things that... Like, uh, one thing I thought was super cool, the Furman, their blue eyes, yeah. super dope. Yeah. Super dope. That's Love awesome. that, man. <sighs> it's just a lot, of, a lot of little subtle things in this movie that uh, really pop. They right. really pop. Lots of things. And like what I mean, like, okay, so take for instance how everything it comes it comes across as a um the civilizations they live simple, you know, yet they have like crazy tech all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> like everybody has like this like this little thing. Oh yeah. Like this little communication thing. But I like you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You would never I, that that blew me away. I'm like, dude, what? Like, because <laughs> it all looks like, you know, just like some of the places like I look, it it looks poor for lack of a better word. Yeah. You know what I mean? But man, it no, they got like crazy tech. Um, So like stuff like that, I really like. I like how he mixed that in there. 
you know, the uh, super new technology that they had, but then the old-fashioned way of living that yeah. they had. You know what I mean? That was crazy. And I liked that a lot. I really did. Um, so, uh, let's see. How can I... How can we How can we travel with this movie? Mm-hmm. So, um, well, I guess we'll start... I guess we'll kind of break it down by houses, right? Okay. So... House of Trades, right? You know, there, there are, there are the. Uh, I guess you'd call them a, a good guys, or they, right. they rule their planet or people with I don't know honor, mm-hmm. um, and they are, they are sent to Arrakis by the emperor because the emperor gave Atreides fiefdom over the Fremen. Yes, their whole and, planet. The Fremen, the whole planet, mm-hmm. had been under fiefdom from the Harkonnens. Mm-hmm. So, um, I guess maybe I, I've watched this a couple times and I've tried to read the book. But I don't remember why that was an issue. Like, why did why? they? Why did they give it to Atreides? Well, okay, go ahead. We're, well, I was just as I was asked as I was saying that question, I was thinking to myself, were they sent there to die? Like to be crushed by the sandworms right. or the or uh, be left out in the spices? That depends. It really depends on what the second movie, I would say, tells us. Because okay. the theory I'm going with, that is a theory. The theory I'm going with is the emperor somehow, some way, or has like a an inkling that the, what are their names? The Fremen? No, no uh, the Harkonnen. Harkonnen. That the Harkonnen are still in spice. Ah, that's what I think. That's okay. what I, that's what I was thinking. Like maybe the emperor somehow knows or has an inkling that the Harkonnen are still in spice, and he wants to send the Atreides in to kind of clean things up or see what's going on, see what happens. And then that eventually leads to Harkonnen sending in his uh, Sorokin army right. to to ambush them. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, those guys were. Sick. <laughs> Did you see what they were doing when um? What's the other guy? He had he also had like a triangle, like on his chin or on his head. Oh, you know what I'm talking yes. about. Yes, uh, that guy, the like the Asian guy. Yes, yeah, yeah. He went to the sub. What is it? Sorokin. Sorokin planet. Yep. And they were like drinking like blood. Like they had like <laughs> man, that was crazy. It was like it was like they had like bodies laying out. That they had clearly sacrificed, but then they had like this river of all their blood, and they were like, I can't remember if they were like drinking the blood or if he was like uh, putting the blood on his hand and then wiping it on their faces. I can't remember which one he yeah. was doing, but it was a lot of blood. <laughs> <laughs> I know that. <laughs> but yeah, those dudes are sick, and they're rumored to be like like some of the like fiercest fighters next to the Freeman, yeah, Furman. So that was pretty cool. No, and they were they were. Um... Dude, they were awesome, mm-hmm. and they, and Duncan took a few of them out. I was like, yeah, it took, <laughs> Duncan took took more than one to take down Duncan. So talking about that technology mm-hmm. that uh, everybody seemed to have, the mm. the blue shields mm. uh, for the combat for the soldiers, just I thought that was so cool. And then when they were like, when the slow blade breaks through, yeah, you know, then it starts going red. Yeah, and I was like, dude, that's awesome. It is, it's so simple, right? But so effective. Like I. It, I'm right there with you. Like when um the um when the doctor yeah shoots like that poison arrow at uh 
Paul's dad. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Letho? Uh, Leto. Leto. When he shoots it. And then how it was just like buzzing, buzzing, buzzing. Like it, it couldn't break the shield, but it just buzzed until it like finally broke through. I'm like, whoa, man. That's crazy. <laughs> that was dope, man. It's a it's a lot of stuff. Okay, while we're on the subject of tech, right? Uh-huh. The Freeman. Yeah. Can we talk about their suits <laughs> and I, how they recycle water? <laughs> let's let's talk about it because uh, uh, if any anybody, if you're listening to this and you've read Dune oh or you've just done a search on the internet to you know you know uh, Dune nose piece, you know you're gonna find out what what how do they recycle water? Okay, man. So this is disgusting. <laughs> <By the way. laughs> I wasn't gonna bring it up. I'm like, I, should we? We should, because yeah, that's part of the world, right? But this is so. But disgusting. they don't bring it up in this movie. <laughs> this is so disgusting, dude. They freaking recycle like everything, like like sweat, uh, tears, just everything, every bit of moisture yep. from the human body yep. recycles in the suit, and then they drink the water. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> they their urine, their feces, everything, everything that distracts from your body, snot. Oh my goodness, that was crazy! Man. I was just like, "Whoa, <laughs> that was great." And then when um Paul and Jessica, Paul and his mom, yeah, were in the tent, even the tent was recycling their water. Yeah. It was re- the he, moisture. He, yeah, he was like, they were sweating, uh-huh. and then he was crying, you know. And you know, he gives his mom a drink, and you know, he's like sweating tears. Like, oh my god, <laughs> like that water came from your sweating tears. Oh. oh. Lord, and they're all—they're all doing it now. Yeah. They're all a part of it, mm-hmm. they're, and they're living underground. Um, and uh, I just—you know—this <clears throat> book was written in the mid '60s, where you know, this this guy was trying to think of what the future was mm-hmm. and is, and they're like, how can they have sustainable? energy or sustainable life mm-hmm. you know you know it's it's like you do see that sometimes like with the space um with the astronauts like on the space station or like mm-hmm. you know on some of these remote places you know like if you've ever seen the martian with matt damon you know he recycles mm-hmm. you know his 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 urine and his sweat into making the plants grow or whatever mm-hmm. so it's like there's an idea out there that that this is sustainable and then he just took it to like the natural conclusion right <laughs> because if you're not i mean oh yeah i would still <laughs> i would still say what's up <laughs> to zendaya oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> she gets a holler no matter what that's she right is, you're, you're, my suit your suit whatever right. <laughs> we're all in it together <laughs> oh man but like just Stuff like that, man. Those are like strokes of genius, if you if you ask me, man. Because it, like little stuff like that, all of these little things, when you put all those things together correctly, this is where like those big time, um, you know, like uh, what do we call it? Like where a whole generation of people just sees the movie, kind of like. Um, in game and you know stuff like that. That's how you generate stuff like this, man. Because this, this, I didn't. I'm telling you, man. I was blown away. It's a really, really, really good film. It really is, and the the fact that it has uh two parts is crazy. Right. 
That's crazy. I like that it has two parts because there is a lot to tell in the story. Mm. You know, Paul's journey. They're choosing this first film to be Paul's story. Um, there is there's a lot going on in the book. They do touch on the Bene Gesserits, mm. the, the witches, a little bit. There's a little bit of the Baron and the Harkonnens. Um, that's my only gripe is that we don't get a major villain in this film. Um, you know, if you've read the book, you know that the villain is there throughout. And he will, they will be there. There will be a, a villain in the second part of this story. Because um, Paul has to overcome stuff. But, you know, even in the first Lord of the Rings... Okay. Uh, it was Frodo's story of them of him becoming like, you know, going out on a journey, but you still had Sauron and you still had Saruman and the um the orcs and all that crap. In the background, every few scenes chasing our hobbits. Here, yeah, we do see the Baron and some of their machinations, but and again, this is a very you know, minute critique. <laughs> you know, I understand if you're adapting 900 pages into a two-hour film, right. or a four-hour film, right. you're going you're gonna to lose some things. But I think it's a stroke of genius, like you said, it's nuanced, because in the second film, mm. I think the axe comes down, okay. and we're going to see some stuff. I want to see it. Because we've seen, we've seen Paul become independent, become a, a, killer. a, fight, a killer. You know, he took a man's life. Mm -hmm. He is making decisions... Because he is the man of the house. He's the he's him and his mother are the last two mm -hmm. of House Atreides, and um, you know he has befriended and now joined the Fremens, and um, you know stuff's gonna go down. Yeah, and, and, <laughs> because and, right now the Harkin Harkonnen and the Baron they all think they're dead. Right. They don't even know they're alive. Correct. You know, so yeah, it's this some some hard hidden stuff gonna go down. I uh one of the hard hitting things if I had to pick one was uh Duncan dying. Um, Man, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I, I you know go ahead. Oh, I was I yeah, I was just gonna say, like uh I wasn't expecting that. I thought he was gonna make it through. I, I really did. And uh yeah, man, they took him out. They took him out. Second time I watched it, mm -hmm. I forgot he dies. <laughs> so it was it was a shock again. Mm -hmm. I was like, bro, he like and he went out great. He went out great. And um, it's a great scene. It's one of the better... It's the best thing I've seen Jason Momoa do. I have to agree. <laughs> because and... I've only seen him do Aquaman. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, I mean, that's not a high bar to pass. Right. <laughs> but he looked great. <laughs> He, you know, he because he, he wasn't, mm. he wasn't his snarky self. Mm. He wasn't, he wasn't trying to crack jokes. He was very serious. Um, I think this, this is more his element. I don't think the Aquaman stuff is for him. You know, when he was on Game of Thrones, he was in a similar role where he was kind of a a militant, mm. a leader of a of um of the of the. The, I want to say Khaleesi, but that's that's the chick. Uh, he was the leader of, of his tribe. Okay. And uh, he was kind of a soft-spoken dude who was strong. He was, he was a badass. Right. But, like, that's what he was. It was. He played to what was given to him as far as 
Actually, it's another book. Game of Thrones is another book that wow. he's he's adapting somebody else's work, and he was true to it, and he didn't kind of he didn't he didn't uh, he didn't go off script. Right. And in this film, he was great. He was, he was good. You know, he's you know we meet him in the beginning. He's he's kind of like the big brother to Paul mm-hmm. and teaching him how to fight and defend himself, and that pays off later in the final fight. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean. Everybody sacrificed themselves for for him, you know, and he doesn't take that lightly. He does not. He takes that uh, quite seriously. He really does. Yeah, he really he really does. By uh, even from what he like, one of the last things he said, like my father, you know, came here. He didn't come here for the spice. You know, he came here to make you know some kind of bond with the freedmen, and you know that's what we're gonna do. Yes. Oh, what a way to. What a cliffhanger! Yeah, yeah, this is man, <laughs> this is a banger, dude. Uh, I'm ex- I'm excited this is for straight part up two. Banger. Um, straight up banger. Uh, what else? We so, mm-hmm. um, all right. So, uh, I guess since we're still on kind of House of Trades, mm-hmm. um, what do you think of his father, Oscar Isaac, playing Duke Leto? <sighs> I know he wasn't much in the film, mm-hmm. um, but uh, well, let me ask you this. So, mm-hmm. and Josh Brolin as well. As as sort of his as as you know his 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 right hand man mm. as Gurney, um, you know I thought they were I thought they were they were great I mean, they were good yeah um, you know good militant people you know kind of honorable and you know following mm. directions honestly uh, I was sad to see the, the to see the, the 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 father go yeah didn't want to see him go I thought there was uh more to that. You know, he kind of, you know, it, it, he was just a sacrifice you, right. to 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 try to, like, take down the Baron. Which now, that I'm thinking back, now I know why he was in the healing pool. Because oh, he, he was poisoned. Yes. I, I, I didn't put that together until just now. <laughs> but that's why he was in the pool. Because he was poisoned. He was poisoned. That was, like, the last honorable act of Leto. Yep. You know, trying to... <laughs> Take down, uh, you know the Baron, but uh, yeah, I wanted I wanted to see more of that guy. I really did, I really did. Um, but he was good though. The screen time he had, yep, well served. Uh, and then you know, thinking about uh, going to the other side, going to House Harkonnen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Baron Vladimir. Mm-hmm. What do you think of this guy? Is that Batista? No, no, no. That's the, oh, that's, the, that's the, Baron. the Baron. The guy in the pool. I love that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I love villains, man. I love good villains, man. He was, I love that guy. Creepy. Uh, he was strong. You know, uh-huh. his presence was like really like eerie and like ominous. And um, I just liked him a lot, man. I really did. And I, I can't really pin down why I liked him so much. Right. But just something about the mystique to uh-huh. what he what he is, what he yep. can do. Yep. Um, I just really liked him. And I like how he he can float, you yeah. know. That's super cool. I like that guy. I think that um, the fact that we don't get a lot of him mm-hmm. or or what his mo- motivations are, mm-hmm. I think is is actually a, it's my dislike based on the knowledge of what's in the book. Okay. But as watching this film, mm-hmm. I'm like, you get just enough, right, <laughs> to be like, I don't know. So I'm like, I'm scared, right. <laughs> 
I don't know why I'm right. scared, but I feel like, you know... I should be. I should be. <laughs> Most definitely. Most definitely. Which is really cool. Yeah. That's, that's dope. That's dope. <laughs> that's uh, super dope. And then we meet, uh, in a few scenes, we meet Glasso, Glasso uh, the Baron's nephew, played by... Uh, Big Dave, Big Dave, Dave Bautista, uh-huh. WWE World Heavyweight Champion. <laughs> oh, man. I liked him, too. You know, just not enough. Not enough. Not enough. Not I mean, enough. It's funny. Uh, uh, was it you or was it... I was, or I was talking, to, talking, to, uh, talking to a guy at lunch about Dune, and he was like, that's the one that's... You, he goes, you know that wrestler? And I was like... <laughs> And I had to think, you know, there's 500 people in this movie, and I'm like, what wrestler? Like, oh, Batista was, he was yeah. in it. Yeah. Oh, I love that guy. And I was like, <laughs> he was in it for like five minutes. Yeah, you don't see much from him. <laughs> but I liked him, though. I liked his character. Yeah, I, you know, right. If you like him, that's great. I right. mean, I'm not, I'm not saying he did, it sucked. I was just saying, like, this is not could've, enough. Yeah, it could have been more. And I expect to see more from him in the I think so. In the second film. I think we will. You know, I I'm, I'm pretty sure you're going to be on the ground, you yeah. know, wreaking havoc. Yeah, because yeah, because it ain't going to be the uh the Baron on the mm-hmm. the battleground, it'll be him. Cuz mm-hmm. I think he was training people. Wasn't wasn't uh, Batista training was people? Was he? I can't I don't I, right, I can't remember. It, yeah, I don't remember, but I would assume he would be on the ground. Right. Uh but then we move to somebody, somebody, somebody that I think, man, I just I cannot wait to dive into more of their lore. It is the Bene Gesserits oh. or the witches, um, and it's led by Reverend Mother uh, Mohayan, who we meet in an early scene in the book. I'm sorry, in the movie, where um, Paul has to go meet her mm-hmm. and put his hand in the pain box and. Um, Prove he's not a bitch. I don't right. Know. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. I love the Jesuit. Yes. I love the Jesuits. Uh, now, now, technically his mom isn't a Jesuit, right? Correct. Okay. So besides his mom uh-huh. and the head Jesuit, yep. did we see any other Jesuits in the movie? So it's funny you say that mm. uh, because... There are three women credited as the Bene Gesserits. And I think there were some scenes that you heard like them talk. So mm-hmm. at the, in the end, mm-hmm. in, during the fight or before the fight, when he's sort of envisioning him going down, mm-hmm. you hear these voices saying like, when you take a life, right. you, know, uh, you know, whatever. Right, right. Whatever they say. Right. Those women are credited they're, they're, they're real women. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And I think we're going to see them in the second part of this film. Okay. Um, but there are three main witches. Okay. Um, at least uh, that I can remember from what I read in the book. I, I, I don't think there is a, like, there isn't a, uh, like, a, like a school or a coven right. or something. I right. think it's just the three main witches. Just three of them. That's uh, interesting. Because and I, I could be wrong. If I'm wrong, I'm sorry. But I, that's what I remember. Okay, because I, I was wondering uh, who who was speaking to him in those visions. Yes, because there's usually someone speaking to him. Yep. Um, in and, that vision, I think it's the the witches. The witches. Okay. Because I was thinking, like, well, is that is that him? You know, talking to himself. Um, but that's really I like the I like the Jesuits, man. I really do. 
so yes, uh, and and what's really cool. So oh, man, so mm. a lot to break down, right? Mm. So when Jessica uh, hires the help mm-hmm. for the house, remember she goes through the the maids or whatever, uh-huh. and the one has the knife, mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, she says the quote that I started this podcast with about being so close to prophecy mm. that, you know, it's a shock to actually see when, when Paul comes down the ramp, mm-hmm. uh, onto the sands of Arrakis mm-hmm. and, you know, the, um, Good the people chanting see him, him. chanting him and see him. And, uh, you know, it's like, I mean, it is, you know, it is the Jesus prophecy. Right. It is, it's, it's, it's Moses, it's Jesus, it's, it's Anakin, it's whatever, Whatever story you want to put out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was like, she had the blade. And I think she wanted to give it as a present. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, the, the Chris knife. Mm-hmm. And um, it, is, uh, it is just so powerful. Like that statement of like, imagine living like, I don't know, thousands and thousands of years ago. And like right. believing in the prophecy of Moses and the Old Testament. And then to live long enough to see the right. potential you know, teacher there, you know, uh, you know, preaching and doing whatever he's doing. And I mean, it, it just must be, it must be, uh, it must be magical to just witness yeah. that. And so like, you've got thousands of years of prophecy and back lore with these witches, you know, and the, and, and the people mm-hmm. believing in the, the, the one who will come to rise above the witches and not be mind controlled right. and to be more powerful than the emperor. Um, tremendous, dude. Like, it really was. Like the, uh, the Jesuits are, they want to control breeding in this universe. Uh, and one of the things that they didn't touch on in this first film, they might in the second, but probably not, mm-hmm. is the Jesuits wanted Lady Jessica and the Baron to breed together mm. to make a child, preferably a, uh, a girl, mm-hmm. that the witches could control. When Jessica says refuses that and, and goes with Leto, who is a human, um, they excommunicate her from the, the Jesuits, um, which is why there is that um, friction between Jessica and the, uh, the Reverend Mother in the beginning of the film. Yeah. And so, like, so then she she refuses that. They have a baby. It's a boy mm-hmm. who is now the prophecy of the one right. who is about a generation early compared to, like, when this prophecy was written. So, like, you know, we're talking about the layers. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that alone is its own movie. It is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. The, 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 the lore about him being, like, a god, though... It was really, really cool. Yes. It really was. And, you know, in some senses, he is a really, really special guy. You know, and, and he, he's not a god, but in some ways, he is the fulfiller of this prophecy. At least I believe. I believe. Now, we got to see what the Baron and the Emperor got in their bags, but... uh. I'm pretty sure Paul's gonna be able to take him. I'm pretty sure he's gonna be able to take him. I, it's you know? And he's got, and he's got. He's, <clears throat> sounds like he's got an army behind him now. Right. He's gonna be trained. Yep. Uh, even more training. Got sandworms. Got the sandworms. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is that was really cool. Now, one question uh-huh. I have before while we own the the, the Jesuits. Okay. Now, Paul's mom. 
there was a vision um, in the movie where uh, after Paul had this vision, he told his mom, like, I think they were in that tent. He, he, I told her, and I know you're pregnant. And yeah. she's like, how do you know that? You know, I'm only like a few weeks. I, I barely know I'm pregnant. Now, he knew that because he saw a vision of him and his mother that both have firm and eyes, um, the, 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 the blue eyes. So they've been there on the planet for some time. But his mother was covered in like these tattoos. You have any idea what that's about? I don't. Okay, because that was like one of the super, it, like that was like super, super, like just attention grabbing. Because yeah. I was like, okay, what's going on with that? Why is because no one else in the movie had um, like art, yeah, tattoos, like any kind of thing. Like, so I'm like, okay, what's going on with that? I I don't know what they have in store, but that was just really crazy to see. And I was just like, okay, what well, what's going on with that? And then the new child she has, right? Yeah. Now, um, I'm assuming the child is Leto's child. Okay, that's what I'm assuming. But like in the second movie, I don't know how long they've been with the Furman. Maybe it's a Furman child. But he says mm-hmm. that. Oh, she was pregnant while he was alive, right? Well, yes. If okay. it's been a, it's been a few weeks, right? Then Leto is still alive. Leto is still alive. Okay, so so it is Leto's child. Now, I get to the second part of what I want to say. Now you have Paul, who's supposed to be the fulfiller of the prophecy. But then, what about this other child? Mm-hmm. Could that possibly be the child that the Jezzerets are going to come after because it looked like it was a girl. Now, I, I don't know that for sure, right. but I'm pretty sure it's going to be the girl. I'm pretty sure it's going to be a girl. So that's just something to keep an eye on. Yes. Because they might come for that child. They might come for that child. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I'll, so I'll be, I'll say this. <clears throat> I, I read, I started reading the book after the movie. Mm. I got about halfway and I just, I had to stop. Because okay. the, the, the narration of the story it's a, it's very dense. It's very hard. It's hard to read that book, um, and if anyone who's read it kind of knows, it's it's a lot, it's a lot. <laughs> and uh, I like how the movie mm. sort of set up. You know, we met the planets, we met the people, right. and then we got to Arrakis. Um, the book starts off. The first scene is the the box of pain scene. That's okay. the first thing we meet Paul, okay. and we meet this witch, and that's like, what the heck is going on? Mm. So I didn't finish the book. I only got through about. Two, there's three parts of the book. I've only got the first two. Okay. Um, so I am actually going into this second film. I, I'm completely, I don't know what's going to happen either. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's just something I thought was like super interesting. But that's, I mean, dude, I I, th- I love how they just, they play mm-hmm. with these pro- these visions. Mm-hmm. That vision, the vision of him on the battlefield. Yes. Um, with the bloody hand. Yes. What in the hell is going on with that? <laughs> and, and, and also... These Chris knives. Yeah. What's going on with those? Are they just are they just knives that the people there think are magical? Or do these do these blades really hold like some kind of magic power that Paul can use? Well the blades are made from the teeth of the sandworms. Okay. So um they are native to that land. Mm-hmm. And maybe, I mean... Maybe? Maybe. Okay. I don't know. I mean, we just met this these Fremen people for like 20 minutes. <laughs> right. You know, and now he's he's off. 
they're they're off walking somewhere, right. carrying that dead body of their champion. Right. And how do you get a tooth of one of those things? <laughs> <laughs> how do you do that? How do you kill one of those? There are a lot of good questions. Yeah, because I just that thing is huge, <laughs> man. Like like man, dude, it's like the size of a state or something. Yeah, like, it's huge. <laughs> <laughs> they like man, you wouldn't believe. I, I couldn't believe how big they were. They like, and then when they come up, they like swallow like dude, like a steak looking like piece of a land. It's just like they're huge, like gigantic, like seriously. So I don't know how they got the teeth or tooth of one of those things. Did they even show us any of the sandworm teeth? Are those like little hairy things teeth? Or you got to go in, in, in there further to get to the teeth? I don't. I'm trying to. Yeah, I don't. Because I, I don't know. I don't I don't think we've seen their teeth. Okay. So that's, that's even more. That's another interesting part. How the hell did you get that tooth? <laughs> you know? Were, you know, was somebody swallowed and they escaped? Oh, See, now that's you such know? good stories. Right. They, I, I, I hope they touch on that. How <laughs> are these Chris knives? How are you making these things? How um, are you doing that? What else we got, man? What else? So, uh, have we talked about the Fremen? So, okay. So, I want to... <laughs> I want to talk about... Um, there's a little bit of comedy in this film. Uh, when we first meet Stilgar, when he's brought in front of uh, Duke Leto and and his um, his staff, right? They bring him into the table. Um, oh, okay. Josh Brolin's there. Jason uh-huh. Momoa is like, yeah, this is this is the dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I hung out with him. <laughs> he's cool. Yeah. And what is <laughs> Stilgar comes in? How many Bardem comes in and just. Hawks a loogie and spits at uh, Stilgar or sp- at Leto. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh goodness! Uh, uh-huh. Just subtle. Yeah, you know, uh, that was really funny. Your body's moisture is the sign of respect. Right? He like what? <laughs> but as you go through the movie, you see how dry the damn planet is. So it's like, yes, you giving up some of your moisture. That isn't being recycled for water. Yep. I get it. Yep. I get it. Just, That's a huge thing. Yep. That's a huge thing. Which is really another small nuanced thing that if you, you know, you, you, could, you, could, you, could, you could easily, that could easily go over your head. Yep. You know what I mean? Right. It, that very cool. So good. Very cool. Um, um, so, you know, um, the costumes... Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought were excellent. I mm-hmm. mean, every planet, every every tribe, every group had their own look. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I love Hans Zimmer did the score, the music. Okay, um, music was intense, man. Oh man, some I, intense, intense music. And, and you know, if, if if you're not familiar with Hans Zimmer, you are <laughs> because he's done the Nolan Batman movies. Oh wow. He's done. Um, he's done Inception. He's done. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> he's done Man of Steel. Really? Yeah. Wow. And you know what? <laughs> he's done Gladiator. Wow. All of those. They have like that big, you know, explosion of sound. So yeah, I, I hear. I, I can hear that. Wow. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean movies. You know. Oh man, he's talented. So um, it just. The the score. So if mm. you go to like iTunes or whatever, wherever you listen to your music, you can get the you can get the Dune soundtrack. 
And then there's a Dune sketchbook where it's oh. just it's just pieces of music he wrote that uh-huh. didn't go into the film that he still released. Okay. So it's like a whole separate Dune album that wasn't even that in the movie. Wow. It's, it's just awesome. Wow. He's a talented guy. Yes, sir. He really is. That, that, it's, it's crazy. Well, I know you always pick out things like visual effects in movies and stuff. Yeah. But, like, something I normally do not, like, um, that stands out to me, like, music is, like, usually in the background. Uh-huh. But um, in this movie, like, the music was just so right right in front of your face. You know what I mean? I, I just feel like he picked his spots really, really well yes. with, the, with, with, with the music. Yep. You know, um, some of those, it was just, like, some scenes where, you know, you just got to a person in the camera, a blank, blank stare, but you got all this intense music in the background. So that was really, yep. He's a he's a talented guy. And for and sure. In that final fight between mm-hmm. Paul and the uh, the Fremen champion, mm-hmm. there was no music. Mm-hmm. It was just breathing. It was just the sounds of the fights. Um, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. it's like even no music is just good. Yeah. But uh, but Hans Zimmer, I, I love Hans. The guy is, dude. I mean. Mm-hmm. He's he, next to John Williams. He's probably my favorite composer. <laughs> um, I love the choreography, the fight choreography. Okay. Uh, just you know, uh, as a kung fu guy, I'm sure mm. you can appreciate the hand to hand combat. I most definitely uh, can. Especially when we get to that last fight, when Paul is just blocking and and parlaying mm-hmm. the other guy's uh, strikes mm-hmm. to where. He has two instances where the the blade is at the guy's throat. Right. He's like yield, right? <laughs> you know, and like everything that other guy did, uh, yeah. Paul is just just thwarting it. And yeah. it's like, you know, and that goes back from the early scenes when yeah. we saw him with Duncan. Uh-huh. It's like oh, just, and then the stuff we see with Duncan in the mm-hmm. uh, in the hallway, and even some of those guys on the battlefield. It's like just badass stuff. Like I I I liked, I like I I liked the light. That they put Paul in in that last fight scene because it was clear he had that guy. Mm-hmm. It was clear he had that guy, and the, the the Furman are like they're really good fighters. You know, they're just badasses. Uh, he was supposed to lose. You know, none, nobody thought that he would win. Even his mom looked a little worried. Right. Um, I thought because she didn't know how he was going. Right. And I thought personally, like, okay, I don't think Paul has it in him. Maybe he's going to use. Uh, the voice, which we're going to have to touch on yep. after this. Okay, okay. Um, I thought he was going to use the voice, but he didn't. And I love that because now you set it up to where, okay, he's far more capable than even the viewers are giving him credit for. Because I didn't give him that much credit. Right. I thought, you know, I thought he was going to get injured. I thought his mom was going to intervene. Or I thought it would most likely play out. He gets injured. And then the last minute, he like uses the voice. Use the voice and makes the guy kill himself or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, okay. I, I thought it would go that way, but no, nah, he just outright, you know, handled him, man. Yeah, straight up, just outright handled him and quickly ended, you know, quickly ended him. Uh, it was uh, I like I like that a lot because he's a lot tougher than people think he is, which you know leads back into the fact that, uh, I, in many ways, I think he will be. The guy who I think he's the one. I think he's the one. I think he's I think he's the guy. I really do. Especially at the him in that fight. Plus he's been trained like all his life. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's another thing. They don't touch on how old he is. I didn't I didn't hear how old he was. 
Um, yeah, he, yeah. I'm assuming he's like 18, 19, 20 years old. Sure. You know, young, mm-hmm. super young dude. I mean, uh, everybody thinks he's a little boy. Yeah, that's what they, they you know, Ch- Chani called him that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, the, the first, the, 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 the called him a little boy. Yep. You know, and, and when it came to like him going out, you know, his dad didn't want to let him go on the floor with the firm and on the, on the, on the, on the, into the field with the firm and Duncan didn't want to take him in there with the firm and, you know, so nobody, you know, respects his ability to handle himself in battle, but he is clearly extremely capable, extremely capable. According to the, according to the book, mm-hmm. when we, when the book starts, um, Paul is 15 years. Wow. He's 15 years old. In the book. Okay. So obviously, you know, Timothy is not 15, right. but he is still a teenager. Okay. So, yeah. okay. Anywhere. Oh, wow. Yeah, he's young then. Yeah. He's young. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow, dude. So, of course, the Fremen men gave right. him no shot. Right. Man, I hope in the second movie he's aged like four years. <laughs> <laughs> I want him, dude. I want him like, like, just. I want him completely morphed. You know what I mean? Into a badass Furman who you don't mess around with. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want to see from Timothy. Timothy. And uh, in the second movie, and I, I think it's. I think that is what we're going to see, because how long does it take to get blue eyes? You know. You know, how long does it take for that to, you know, happen? You oh, know, man. they have to be there for some time. And if for those people to follow him like they do in the visions, mm-hmm. it's going to have to take some time. It's gonna, yeah, he had to prove himself a lot more, out, I'm assuming. I'm assuming. So let's talk about the voice. Oh, man. The voice. <laughs> that is amazing. The voice is amazing. Um, man, what do I... Okay. So it kind of reminds me of like the Jedi, um, the Force, the Force, the Mind Trick, the Jedi Mind Trick. I'm mm-hmm. not the one you're looking for, yeah. or you know that kind of thing. Uh-huh. But I just love it, man. I like it. Like when they were in the the chopper yep. and the bad guys, the Harkonnen, they were gonna you know talk, toss them overboard, and you know she's like use the voice, and he's using it. Uh, you know, stuff goes down. She ends up using the voice because she also is trained in that art. And then, you know, like, when she gets back to her son, Paul, she's like, your, your voice was, like, too high-pitched. Like, it's just, like, constant training, yep. you know, constant preparation uh, for Paul. But it was just crazy how she was like, your voice, it wasn't at the right pitch. And, you know, it's just like, wow. That, it, that I loved the voice. I loved when the head Jezzeret came in there and she used the voice. Yes. And she was, it was, like, instantaneous. So... It was like it was so loud, yeah, yeah. So and it was just like no resistance, like it was just crazy, and and he was offended, you know, yeah. you know, and that, that that was like the first time I seen like some um like some prestige from him, like he's a very like low to the earth ground, right? You know, he doesn't you know boast that he's royalty, but you know when the when 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 the witch used the voice, he's how dare you use the voice on me? He, he did not like that, but I was just like, okay, this is man. It's some, some good stuff. Some good stuff. So I love the voice, man. I want to see more. From, I want to see more stuff like that. Yeah. I want to see. I hope if it is his only power, still, that's a very good power. But I hope he has more. I hope there's more things that he can do. Um, 
like that because that that was badass that voice thing man and it's creepy too yeah how he like changes his voice uh-huh. i was like wow Ooh. it almost leads you to believe like okay is he does it, is there a dark side in there with paul because it seems he 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 doesn't seem to like the voice like it brings something out of him that yep. he doesn't really like mm-hmm. so it's like wow why does he like to you cuz you know if you could do that why wouldn't you just why wouldn't you just do it all the time right he doesn't like it i think that's why he is it um, good at doing it? Because he doesn't like to even practice it. Because he, he can obviously learn things. He's a damn good fighter. You know what I mean? Yep. So that's why I think I, I think he, I think there's something behind that. Excellent. I think there is. Yeah. Um, I have something we, we should talk about. Okay. Okay. So, a few months ago, what, not even a few months, maybe a month ago, we watched Rebel Moon. Yes. Which you can find in the archives if mm-hmm. you haven't heard our review of Rebel Moon Part 1. Mm-hmm. Um, check it out. Now, how should we do this? Okay, first of all, was this better than Rebel Moon for you? Yes. Yes? Yes. Okay, I am also going to say yes. This was uh, like a million times better than Rebel Moon. And I'm sad to say it because I <laughs> love Rebel Moon. You gave a high grade <laughs> yes. and uh, you were... You were Dude. I am freaking Rebel Moon, Team Rebel Moon. <laughs> I really am. But dude, uh, this completely outclasses Rebel Moon. Um, and and I'm just shocked to see that. Okay, so let me ask you... Mm-hmm. Why? Well, that's a, that's a... I don't know. I don't know if you have a simple answer to that. But let me... Okay. I'm going to break it down. Okay. Do you think that the story that was told in Dune... Mm-hmm. was easier to follow than Rebel Moon. Yes. Okay. Yes, it was easier to follow than Rebel Moon. Because I know, you know, when we talked about Rebel Moon, there was just a lot of... It was a mess. It was a mess. Um, and I don't know if that was due to editing or what, but uh, it just was. Mm-hmm. So, was was Paul a better hero to to get behind than the scar giver i would have to say so man um he just had more to him mm-hmm. he had more to him man like the 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 the, the hero and I, I forget her name now i'm gonna say scar giver right right yeah he just had more to him than the scar giver man um just a lot more uh in depth more connection. Um, I, I feel like we we they they told more about Paul than they did about Scargiver. Like I feel like the majority of what we know about Scargiver is like bits and clues that we have to put together ourselves. Yep. Whereas in Doom, they're like laying out exactly what he is, uh, why he is, you know, um, what he's going through, what they're looking, what they're shooting for. It was all laid out. Mm-hmm. Um, and in Dune, things were just kind of like, kind of choppy. Rebel Moon. I'm sorry, Rebel Moon. In Rebel Moon, things were just kind of choppy. Like, we didn't find out that the Scargiver used to be in the Emperor's Army until like halfway through the movie. Right. You know what I mean? And they didn't touch on that much at all. They like showed a clip over, said a few words, and then that was it. So, uh, not only that, man, the storytelling was much better in Dune. It was much deeper. Um, it, uh, 
more impact is it, I guess what I'm trying to say like I just felt more connected for, yeah co- connected I just felt more for it okay I I I didn't feel now it was good it was good to watch Rebel Moon yep but I didn't feel much for the story now with Dune I kind of feel for it you know yes. what I mean I'm kind of like invested a little more yes you know what I mean that and that's why we talked about earlier how shocked it, it was good it was mm-hmm. like. I'm like as soon as it's over, I'm like, oh my god! I want to know what happens. I want to. I, I care for these characters. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't believe how I ended. I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> oh wow! Like, and then it, it ended with the guy riding the sandworm, which clearly, <laughs> if you watch the movie until that point, until you see that, that's clearly impossible. Right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, what? Like, what? Is yeah. he riding that? Okay, so it's like, yeah, man, yeah, they um. And like even the 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 the, the, the planets, the worlds, uh-huh. much more to them. Yeah, much more to them than in um, Rebel Moon. Um, hmm. And and just you know like some of the creativity, the ships they were flying, you know like like huge dragonflies. Yeah. Whereas in Rebel Moon, it's like the classic spaceship. Spaceships. You know yeah. what I mean? Clunkers and. Yep. All that. Really, it was just dope. The villains. Uh, Rebel Moon had a dope villain. Yep. But man, Doom, that guy, the, the Baron, yep. he's badass. <laughs> <laughs> he really is. He really is. So I just think they were outclassed, man. Okay. They out, uh, Doom outclassed them. Uh, yep. By a lot. I was kind of thinking about why, you know, I, I gave, I did not give Rebel Moon uh, good grades. Mm. Um, there's a lot I liked about the movie, and there's a lot that I just felt was just kind of messed. Mm. But I go, why do I, why do I think that? And I think part of that is I went into Dune completely open with no preconceptions. Oh. I went into Rebel Moon knowing that this was a uh, um, it was a Star Wars script that was rejected and reworked into into a, its own science fiction movie. So I knew it kind of had a Star Wars feel to it. And also, probably in the back of my mind, mm-hmm. had, a, had a shadow of doubt because of all the shit on the internet when oh. people just crap over everything. And like most of the time, I don't let that bother me. Right. But I think because I was watching Rebel Moon at home in my own, like, in my own, you know, filth and just watching mm-hmm. it. And like, I kept waiting. Every time something came up on screen, I go... That's like, mm-hmm. this is like so and so and Star Wars. Oh, this is like, this is like Darth Vader. This is like C three PO. This oh, is like Han Solo. Right. This is like you know the droid. And it's like, I wasn't, I wasn't giving myself a chance to enjoy the film. Mm-hmm. Whereas, on Dune, I had no preconceived notions. Okay. I knew it was about sand. It's right. about all I knew. <laughs> So I just let myself just fall into this world and be consumed by it. Okay. Rebel Moon is a very good movie. Mm-hmm. It is a fun movie. It's a it's a lot going on in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I gave it a less than good grade because I felt that it could have been better. Now maybe the Snyder Cut will be better, but the first version of this film that we saw didn't do it for me. Okay. Dune. Uh, Dune, 1984, they try to put 900 pages into one film, mm-hmm. into an hour and a half or two hours. It doesn't work. Mm-hmm. You're going to cut things out. 
this fun, they gave the film a chance to breathe and, and get layers and get stuff developed. So that, um, that is a, I love that word. It had, it, it definitely had room to breathe. I love that word. Yep. Thank you. Lots, <laughs> lots of room to just, just breathe and just soak in what we're seeing, mm-hmm. you know, soak in what they telling us and move us along, you know, and you know, you know, um, Sizable increments. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. Uh, now, I am looking forward to the Snyder Cut of the first part of Rogue Moon. I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to Rogue Moon Part 2. Um, but uh, Dune is a master class. Yeah. You know, th- that book, you know, by Frank Herbert, it's a classic. There's a reason why that thing's been around for 60 years mm-hmm. and is still being re- and Like, this isn't the first Dune movie, mm-hmm. and it's not the first time they've tried to do it for television or movie. Oh. So, you know, they've done miniseries and things like that. And uh, they've even adapted the sequels into, like, mo- um, TV miniseries. Um, and uh, they're even... Uh, this guy is mm-hmm. going to be producing a prequel called mm-hmm. The Prophecy, mm-hmm. which is set a thousand years earlier mm-hmm. than Paul... About the Bene Gesserits. Mm-hmm. I hope that comes to theater. Because <laughs> that is going to be wild. And it's potential that mm-hmm. he may develop a sequel. Children of the Dune. Children of Dune is the next book in this series. Mm-hmm. And that might be another film coming. Mm-hmm. It's, it's in the works. Okay. But, um, so, mm-hmm. uh, Jeremiah, what mm-hmm. would you rate this movie? I'm going to give it a 10. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I really am. I haven't given a 10 in quite some time. No, you haven't. I, uh, I don't think... No, well, maybe Wonka. Look, I think... I gave Wonka a 10. Yeah. And I gave Oppenheimer a 10. Yep. So our first film mm-hmm. and a film that we did at the end of 2023. Yep. And, That's uh, awesome. You're right. I haven't given a 10. <laughs> I think those are the same two movies I gave 10s to. Are they? Um, I'd have to look back on the notes, but... Okay. I, I mean, think... I mean, I know, I know right now... Um, you gave Rebel Moon an eight, so this okay. would be the next highest one this year. Okay. Madam Web was a six and a half. Okay. Uh, yeah, man, I'm a, I'm a land on a ten, solid, firm, no regrets. Yes, sir. Uh, Dune Part One was nominated for ten Oscars. Mm-hmm. It won six. Oh. Uh, it won best score, best sound, best editing, best cinematography, production design, and visual effects. Wow. It, we got to get some uh, best actor and actress. <laughs> it was nominated for, but did not win for best picture, best director, costume, or screenplay. Mm. Which I, you know, and I don't remember what won a couple years ago. I'd have to look back in the archives. But um surprised I didn't get best director. That was a really well-directed movie. It was amazing. I think, was. I think that the second film will probably get some of those, okay. those type of awards. Because like... It's one of those things where like the first film sets us up mm-hmm. and then the second film's just gonna Go just gonna just blow us away. Right. Uh, well, hey, if you um, like what you hear, subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to. Give us a shout out on X or Twitter. We're at Destruction Pod. We're on Facebook with the Destruction Reviews fan group. Um, leave us a comment. Um, and um, um, next week mm-hmm. we're going to be doing Dune Part 2 <laughs> uh, as well as who knows what else is in the news but uh, <laughs> right. Jeremiah why don't you send us home alright guys it's been one and for Jason I'm Jeremiah we are Destruction Reviews Podcast please ask your parents before subscribing <laughs>